You run a kid activity center, a gymnastics, ninja, urban, or cheer gym. Maybe it's a dance studio, swim school, martial arts dojo, or perhaps an educational preschool. You recognize you need some help growing your brand. You're wearing too many hats. It's time to make some changes. Let me help you increase student enrollments and retention while decreasing attrition. My name is Luke Stokes. Welcome to the Student River Podcast. Welcome back to the Student River Podcast. I am your host, Luke Stokes. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about marketing again. And specifically, we're going to be talking about the three best marketing channels that you can deploy at your brand to drive new student uh, enrollments. And I want to start by saying that we're just going to scratch the surface today. This topic Um, and specifically the individual channels that I'm going to be talking about today goes really deep and we're not going to drive all the way down to the bottom. We're just going to kind of lay the foundation and we'll talk later in later episodes a bit deeper on each one specifically. But today we're just going to kind of open your mind, open your eyes to maybe some things that you've been knowing you should do, but you haven't done it yet and you didn't know exactly how to deploy it or some stuff maybe that you hadn't heard about uh, and you are uh, now opened your eyes to those things and some stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. If you've been on this journey with us, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, we've talked a little bit about that before. And I'm not going to go too deep into the areas where we've already discussed. You can review uh, previous episodes uh, for that, but I am still going to touch it because it's relevant for this topic today. Okay. Now, when we talk about channels, uh, and today we're specifically talking about the three best, but there's lots of different channels. In other words, there's lots of different audiences out there. There's there's a lot of different lanes. There's a lot of different there's different ways that you could refer to it uh, to these different marketing avenues. But we're going to be talking about the three best, and multiple channels are important. They're important because you don't want to get stuck with just relying on one specific way that you drive new student enrollments for your business. In other words, it's a risky business if you get all your students through one specific website, through one specific you know, local business relationship, through the school systems, through word of mouth. If that's the only way that you drive new student enrollments for your business, you're setting yourself up not for success. Because what happens if something changes? A relationship changes in your local community or, you know, something changes in the economy or some structure change at the local school systems and all of a sudden your ability to pass out flyers to kids that they take home to their parents is gone. And yet you relied on that to drive the bulk of your new student enrollments. It's a dangerous game. And so you want to have You want to spread this out, right? This is just like investing. This is diversification as it relates to the different routes that you can draw new student enrollments from. That way, if something changes or one of your channels dies or goes away in some way, your business doesn't go with it and you can continue to have a healthy thriving business because you've got multiple routes that you can generate new students from. So word of mouth is not enough. 
everything else that you're doing is not enough by itself, okay? You need to focus and get a broad base of different ways that you can uh, pull new students from. So security is the big reason. Um, the other thing that we want to touch on here is your different channels are going to have different temperatures. And I talked a little bit about this in a previous episode. I talked about trust-based, intent-based, and cold traffic. And cold traffic kind of alluded to this temperature thing. But you're going to have warm audiences and you're going to have cold audiences. And ultimately, how you interact with these audiences, what you say within these channels, is going to determine the success that you have in generating new student enrollments from these channels. Okay, so uh, for example, uh, you know your your referrals—that's a warm audience. Your intent-based—that's a warm-ish audience. We'll call that a lukewarm audience. Uh, and then your cold traffic, meaning somebody that's never heard of you before. Well, that's clearly your cold audience because we're talking about it being cold traffic but it's it's going to change your approach a little bit and we're not going to talk a lot about you know how to handle warm versus cold audiences here although i am going to allude to it so i wanted to put that in your mind and just kind of let that sit so that as we get to some of these different channels uh, i can tie that back in and have it make sense the next thing that we want to talk about is tracking now if you're going to run uh, marketing efforts across different channels, you need to make sure that you track the energy, the effort in that area. Now, for some reason, for some, that means that you're tracking the return on your investment, right? You outlaid money for this marketing channel and you need a, a what we call a ROAS, a return on that ad spend, ROAS, a return on that ad spend. Um, uh, generically, it's ROI, right? Return on investment. Now, in return on investment could be um, energy outlay too, right? Maybe you have uh, door hangers that you're going to go, that you had printed up and you're going to go hang it on every door in a target rich environment or a target rich community. Well, that you need still need your investments, your energy to do that. Yes, sure. A little bit into the door hanger themselves, but you need to be able to track whether that, that outlay of energy of expense gets you the return that you need to have. Now, in another episode, we're going to talk about how much you should be spending and like how to gauge whether or not that money is actually working. We're not going to talk about that today, but we are going to talk about the tracking of it. Because if you're going to, let's say you're going to do paid advertising at your local radio station, how do you know if that local radio station ad that's now running is generating you business? Yeah, you can't just look at it. Well, you know, we've had 50 more enrollments this month than we had last month. Well, yeah, that could be as a result of that radio ad. But do you know for sure? I mean, really? So you got to bake into this process ways to track it. Now, this means that if you're doing something in the community, make it so that they have to bring something into you right? And you have to incentivize it. Otherwise, why would they bring something into you, right? If you're doing a door hanger, bring this door hanger in for 50% off your first month. If you are doing a radio ad, you know, use this coupon, use this coupon code, mention this radio ad and get 50% off your first month. And it needs to be something fairly significant, right? It's got to be worth them taking that extra level of friction, that extra layer of energy on their part to bring that in. Now, it seems simple, 
But come on. I mean, how often have you gotten something in the mail and you've looked at it and go, oh, like, like a coupon for something that you that you buy. And you're like, okay, great. Yeah, I, I'm going to use that totally. And you put it on the counter and it's gone and you forget about it, right? Happens all the time. So your efforts to reach out to, to your local market is going to happen similarly. So it has to be something that's of great enough value that they want to that it's worth it for them to go that extra step to bring that in to, to reference this radio ad. If it's an online channel, you want to make sure that you're not sending them just directly to your homepage. In other words, if you're going to run a Facebook ad or a Google ad or a YouTube ad or something like that, and the call to action is, hey, go here to sign up, you better not just send everybody to your homepage. That's a great way for them to get lost. How do you know now whether the traffic that you're sending to your homepage is signing up as a result of that YouTube ad? You don't. So you need to create different landing pages, different ways that they can sign up. And, and having a little box that, can say, that says, hey, what's the source with a dropdown? Come on, that doesn't work. Does that work when you're talking to people on the phone? Hey, great, and how did you hear about us? Oh, I looked you up on the internet. Oh, perfect, that narrows it down. Was it Google? Was it Yelp? Was it Facebook? Was it Instagram? <laughs> right? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so you you need to have, and this is where technology is your friend. Again, I said, we're just touching the surface, but there are technology pieces out there that will allow you to track all this, to build dedicated pages for a specific channel so that if they sign up on this page, you know that they came from that channel. There are all kinds of technology options out there. So just know that if you're going to go down this route of multiple channels, that, <coughs> excuse me, that there are technology solutions uh, to help you accomplish the tracking piece, okay? Uh, at a very basic level, if you don't want to invest in additional tracking or coupon codes is not something that you have the ability to do, then just test one channel at a time, right? Just test one channel and see if that significantly boosts your enrollment. Now, the problem is, even with this, is that significantly boosts is still relative. It's still, it's not... Uh, very specific. Is it quantifiable? Maybe if it's significant. Well, what's that? Well, that's a relative number. So, you know, is that 50 enrollments? Is that a hundred more enrollments? Is that, you know, 500 more enrollments, depending on the size of your brand. So keep in mind that there's ways that you can, for lack of a better word, dumb this down or, or slow this process down so that you can still do it without having to invest in additional technology. But it's not going to be as accurate. Um, so track it. Make sure that you are tracking the sources, these different channels, so that you know what it's returning to you in actual revenue and enrollments, okay? And then the last piece for this foundation is going to be to test. Now, testing is, is something that often gets overlooked. In other words, if you're going to do a radio ad or you're going to do a door hanger or you're going to do a flyer in the the school handouts or you're going to run a newspaper ad or a Facebook ad or, or whatever it is, testing is something that for whatever reason, most people don't think about. They go, I'm going to create this door hanger and then they pass it out to the whole neighborhood. Instead, what I want to encourage you to do is to test. In other words, do a hundred of this door hanger and a hundred of this door hanger and see if one comes back. If you're doing a radio spot, 
do this 30 second spot and do this 30 second spot and see what generates more phone calls. Uh, if you're doing a, uh, you know, a newspaper ad, run this newspaper ad and run this newspaper ad and see what gets you a better response. Newspaper ad. Whew. Not sure why I threw that out there. That's pretty archaic. That's really old school if you're running newspaper ads, but maybe it's a local publication, right? A local community magazine or something like that. That's what I mean when I say newspaper. You know, if you are running ads on Google or Facebook or YouTube, all of them allow you to test. You know, you want to test your placements. In other words, is this, is this uh, the best if I run this, uh, you know, radio spot at eight o'clock in the morning, or is it better if I run it at 6 p.m. at night? Okay. So that would be considered placement. If it's online, is it better if it's in position one or position two? Is it better if it's in the main newsfeed or in the right column? Is it okay? So you can test placement, you can test creative. So this might be uh, different types of images or images uh, versus video or maybe cartoons or right. There's different creatives that you can have. You can test the copy. What's the language that we're using? How are we introducing ourselves? How are we getting their attention? You know, you can test offers is 50% enough. Can I get away with a 30% offer? You know, a 30% discount to come in and enroll, you know, can, so you need to be able to create different testing environments so that you know that the placement, the creative, the copy is getting you driving you the very best results possible. Now that happens over the course of time. Okay. So you may test for a month and then you may run with that for the next month, or you may not be able to run with that till the following year at that period. But you want to be able to test, document, journal it so that you can refer back to that. Hey, we ran a great ad last year at this time. What was that? Oh, let me look at my marketing journal. Okay. Yeah, we ran this. This was the offer, so on and so forth and, and be able to refer back to that. Okay. So that's just a few of some of the more foundational pieces that uh, that really are at play here as we talk about the three best channels uh, for marketing your brand and driving new student enrollments. Okay, now let's talk about these channels. The first one is one that we did an entire episode on a while back, and it's email marketing. I find that you guys are not doing email marketing I was going to say at all, that might be a stretch. I know a lot of you are doing some email marketing, but you're going about it all wrong. You're so myopic in the way you do it, either by the way you've seen other people do it or the emails that you've gotten, or or it's just very haphazardly, haphazardly, that's better. Uh, it's, it's very sporadic. Um, the content is random and it's just super inefficient. But email marketing should be one of your top sources, top channels of driving new student enrollments and increasing lifetime value for the enrollments that you do have. Staying in touch with your current student database, with your enrollment database, is foundational. You've obviously have two different sides to your current student database. You've got your active database. These are the people that are actively engaged with your business um, and they are 
they are currently attending classes of some kind. Okay, so you have your active database. You have your inactive database. These are people that have showed interest. Maybe they came and took a trial and they didn't enroll. Um, maybe this is they used to be enrolled and they dropped because of the holidays. Uh, maybe they used to be enrolled and their kids got you know, older and they're no longer relevant for your particular category. Okay. So you've got active and you've got inactive as it relates to your student database, your active students, your active student families need to have regular ongoing overlapping communication. They're not reading your website. Yes, sure. There are a couple reading your website, the vast majority are not going to your website for updates. They didn't hear about your Christmas promotion uh, in, in on your website. They did not see that you're closed on Thursday uh, because of you know some holiday uh, you know on your website. They didn't. You need to continue to communicate with them on an ongoing basis about all things relating to your brand closures. Um, you know, special offers, uh, you know, different opportunities for uh, them to participate at different levels, right? You also want to boost the amount of revenue that you're getting from your current, uh, from your current students. There's only, there's only a handful of ways that you can drive new student business or drive more revenue in your business. You can attract more students. You can sell more to the students that you have or you can keep your students for longer. Those are the only three ways that you can increase your revenue at your business. And so because of this, your active students need to be primary when you talk about your email marketing. What are their opportunities for them to continue to not just move forward down this path uh, of, of paying you month after month, but increase what it is that they're doing? Maybe run uh, an enrollment special that if they add a second class, you know, they get a discount, you know, even greater than what the normal second class discount is. Or maybe they get a spe an entry into a special raffle or something if uh, if they, you know, sign up for a second class, right? Give them incentive to sign up for a second class or, you know, to go the team route and, and go towards competitive or, you know, maybe to do a birthday party or, you know, you're running a special at your pro shop and for the next you know, a week, they get 30% off of everything in the pro shop or whatever. You, you need to, on an ongoing basis, keep them up to date with what's happening. You need to promote what's, uh, you know, ways that they can interact with you and raise their value with your business. And you need to also talk about what's happening in your business. Uh, you know, employee promotions and, you know, different types of edification opportunities. I did an entire episode on all of this. Okay. So I'm not going to go any deeper, but communicating with your active enrollments is vital to this process. And the next step inactive enrollments, this is going to be a great way to get new student enrollments from this. Now you can get new student enrollments from your actives by running some sort of incentive for them to refer their friends. Right. But your inactive enrollments, these are going to be people that either haven't done business with you yet. They came and, you know, interacted with you with a community event or signed up for a trial or something. Um, or people that dropped, you know, and hey, yeah, I'm going to come back after the summer and they haven't really come back. Right. So these are going to be your inactive and you need to continue to promote to them, too. Just because they're no longer doing business with you doesn't mean that you should stop talking to them. You need to continue to 
promote what it is that you guys do in, in very similar categories, like, you know, uh, new, new press that you had within the community of, of some way that, you know, you guys are doing good or some reason that they should do business with you now because of X, Y, Z program that you guys have added or, you know, uh, new opportunities. Maybe you added a new class. Maybe you're a gymnastics gym and you just added Ninja, right? And the, the boys in this family got tired of being in, uh, the classes with all the girls doing gymnastics. And now you're offering Ninja, send that out to all of your past enrollment saying, Hey, we've got Ninja classes here, special offer, come and sign up your your old student enrollments, your inactives are a huge opportunity for you to drive uh, new student uh, business through this, right? Because kid change interests, right? They go from, uh, you know, I'm interested in soccer to now I'm interested in, you know, martial arts to whatever. You don't know how those are going to change. So you want to continue to promote to them because Something's going to change on the family side. And when that changes, unless you're top of mind, you're going to miss that opportunity. Okay. Um, family situations change, right? They, the people move, they come and go. Uh, and dad gets a promotion. And now all of a sudden the family has more cash and the kids have been really wanting to come and take dance classes with you, but you got, they haven't been able to afford it. And now they can. Did you know that that took place that he had a promotion? No, you had no idea. So it's not like you could send that email once you knew that he had a promotion. So you need to keep the communication going on on an ongoing basis. Um, new family members added, right? Uh, kid, you know, mom and dad had uh, more kids, and now there's a new kid in the mix that could be a part of your community. Okay, so there's always these changes on inactive uh, in enrollments. You know, your drops and so on and so forth that you need to continue to be top of mind. And this isn't about sending promotions. If you if you listen to my past episode, promotions is only one thing that you should be sending them, and you shouldn't be sending that to them all the time. Okay, uh, but you do need to be minim- emailing all these people a minimum of once a week. Okay, at a bare minimum. All right, enough about email because I spent an entire episode talking about it. Go listen to that episode. I think it was um, oh something about the secret hidden in your student database or something like that. I'm not remembering the exact title, but if you go back a few episodes, you can you can find it. Um, but email marketing is going to be one of these main channels, one of the three best channels that you can use to drive new student enrollments. The next channel that is vitally important for you is going to be Google AdWords. This is a pay-per-click opportunity, meaning you pay per click on the ad, okay? And so this is a great opportunity for you to drive new business based on intent, okay? Right, because if somebody goes to the Google search engine and types in uh, Dance Lessons Austin, Texas, okay, are you gonna show up? Now, this isn't about search engine optimization. That's a whole nother topic, meaning you optimize your website to organically be found, okay? Yes, that is important to do. Yes, you should be doing that to your website. No, that's not what I'm referring to. Google AdWords is a paid platform. It's a paid placement within the Google search engine that allows you to be seen. So a couple of pieces here to keep in mind as it refers to, as we talk about Google AdWords. One, use geographic targeting. In other words, 
don't just bid on dance classes because unless they're specifically in Austin and your dance studios in Austin and they're typing dance classes, you don't want somebody that's typing in dance classes in Seattle to see your ad. That's irrelevant. Okay. So make sure that you're using a geographical targeting, a geofencing of some kind that determines the area in which you want these ads to show if they type in these phrases. And that's the next piece. You can bid on phrases, the different phrases. So let's say you have a dance studio. I would, I would type in ballet classes or, or, you know, I would use these phrases as search terms to be, um, to be found within, within the Google search engine. So this would be, you know, ballet classes, hip hop classes, tap classes, jazz classes, right? Lyrical dance, so on and so forth. There's all these different things, um, that you can use to tie in. Now, these are your most profitable ones are going to be direct, meaning, um, they're going to be very specific for the product and service that you, uh, that you sell. So in other words, hip hop dance classes, that's going to, if someone's typing into the Google search engine, hip hop dance classes, and they're in your area and you offer hip hop dance classes, you're a good fit. You're a good match, right? Um, but there's also indirect routes to go about this too. You know, they could go, they could type in hip hop music. And you could have an ad that says, love hip hop music. How would you like to have the moves to go along with that music? Come take a class for us for free, right? I mean, how cool would that be to then, you know, have that class match up with their music interests? Okay, so there's there's a lot of indirect routes that you can go. So you just have to think creatively about, you know, someone that's searching for ballet, what else are they looking for? Someone that's searching for hip hop or would be interested in taking a hip hop class. What else are they looking for? So on and so forth. Okay. Now you want to make sure that the ad that you generate for these specific phrases is relevant, um, for them and makes them want to click on yours versus somebody else's. Okay. So in other words, you can get, again, sticking with this dance studio uh, route, you know, you have a lot of different classes. You have ballet classes, you have contemporary classes, you have jazz classes, you have hip hop classes, right? And if someone was searching for hip hop classes and they saw an ad saying, hey, come take a uh, trial ballet class with us. Is that a good fit for the, the, the search that they made? Nope, not at all. It's not going to drive interest. So you want to make sure that your ad lines up with the phrase. So that may mean that you create two or three or four different ads that speak directly to and to the, the search phrase. And you, you be careful of being generic. Generic is the easy route to go with this. In other words, come and take a dance class with us and showing that when they type in hip hop and ballet and contemporary and jazz. Instead of doing that, that's the lazy person's way to do that. If you write specific ads based on the search that they're doing, and, and when you create a Google AdWords account, you can say, okay, all of these search terms, you know, this is might be hip hop dance, hip hop dance classes, hip hop dance classes in Austin, right? You've got all these different search terms. When they do any of these searches, I want this hip hop ad to show. 
okay? So that's the first thing that you wanna make sure that you're doing is you're showing a relevant ad for the, uh, for the search that they have made. The second thing about this is that you want to make sure that there's a reason they should click on your ad versus your competitors. So if you type in hip hop dance classes, Austin, okay? And now you've got three different dance studios that show up as options that they can come and take a class with. Why should they click on your ad? Right? What are you promoting within the ad copy, within the text, within this ad that makes you stand out from everybody else? Why should they click on yours? Are you giving them something different? If so, tell, talk about it. Do your instructors have different level of skill sets? If so, talk about it. Can they take a free trial with you? If so, talk about it, okay? Give them a reason to click on your ad over your competitor's ad because in the Google AdWords environment, you're shown like this. Your ad, competitor's ad, or vice versa, okay? And they're right, right underneath each other. And there's three placements at the top. And so you need to give them a reason to click on yours versus somebody else. And then the third piece of this is what, if you're going to run a, a specific ad, okay, a hip hop ad to a hip hop search, make sure that once they click on that ad, they go to the hip hop page, right? Don't send them to your homepage and then make them search around. Okay. Uh, they said they had hip hop classes. This was a hip hop ad. Where's the hip hop classes? send them directly to the page that talks about hip hop classes so that they can see what you're all about and what the process is for enrolling. So Google AdWords is a great route for you to go to generate new business. You pay on the click basis. Uh, and so you're going to want to track this, right? Coming back to our original, uh, you know, foundation here, you, you want to track, you're going to, since you're paying by the click, you need to know how many clicks is it going to take to equal one enrollment? And then what's that enrollment with worth to me so that I know how many clicks I can afford to pay for to, so that I have that right ratio of return on that investment. Okay. So you need to be able to track all of this as well. All right. So we talked about email marketing. We talked about Google AdWords. And now we're going to talk about Facebook ads. Facebook ads is going to be your number one cold traffic source. Okay. So, um, your, your, your email, that's warm traffic, right? They're already doing business with you or they've done business with you in the past. That's warm. And so the conversation that you can have with them is a little bit different. The incentives that you can provide for them is a little bit different. Google AdWords is intent-based, right? It's warm-ish. They're going to the Google search engine and they're typing in hip-hop classes, Austin, Texas, and they're finding you. You know that they have an interest in coming in and taking a class with you. And so it's warm-ish. They have that intent. And the language that you can use to communicate to that intent is relevant. And, and you can speak to it. And so, uh, you know, that's a warm-ish traffic. Facebook ads is going to be totally stone cold. In other words, people aren't going on to Facebook to look for kids' activities, generally speaking. They're going on Facebook looking at their sister's new baby pictures. Or they are looking at, you know, their college roommate's. Uh, most recent vacation or a news article or a funny video or whatever, right? They're not looking for you. This is called interruption marketing. This is um, this is a, a process in which they're going about their daily business, their normal day-to-day -day things, 
and you are interrupting that process, right? They're going on to Facebook to kill time and you're interrupting that process. And so we have to approach this a bit different. Now, I want a little bit of a, of a caveat here. You all have Facebook fan pages uh, for your business. Almost all of you do. If you don't, where have you been? Set up a, set up a page for your business. But this isn't about boosting pay posts, okay? This isn't about, you know, typing up a post that you're going to post to your, your Facebook fan page and then boost it, meaning add some money to it to send it out to the community. In fact, that can be a waste of money. So if you have boosted posts in the past and haven't gotten any type of return from it, that's why. It, it, it's, it's not designed to do that. It's designed to boost the reach of this particular message to your Facebook audience. It's not designed to go out and get more cold traffic. Yes, the, the, the interface will allow you to do that. But from a intent standpoint, Facebook doesn't actually incentivize you to do that. You actually get worse results by boosting posts. So you're going to use Facebook ads manager to generate this post that will never end up on your Facebook page. It's, it's called a dark post and you can look up dark posts, um, but it's a post that you generate specifically for advertising, not designed to go on your Facebook page. So this isn't about boosting posts, but this is about spending money. So this isn't about just posting to your page either. That's community management. And we're not going to talk about the difference between community management and Facebook posts here today, but there's a huge, or, or community management and Facebook ads here today, but there's a huge difference. And this is not about community management. This is about paying Facebook to get you exposure to your community in your area. This is about using ads to reach your local area who aren't already connected to you. Okay, so again, we're going to use geography um, and we're going to use different types of targeting to get in front of mom. But this is how I want you to think about Facebook ads. We need to enter the conversation going on uh, in mom's mind. And when mom is on Facebook scrolling through her newsfeed, she is just kind of looking for stuff that jumps out at her, right? If you're a Facebook user and you scroll through your newsfeed, what are you doing? Looking for something that catches my eye. This is me scrolling through on my phone, okay? Um, I know it's kind of weird, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, but we're, we're just scrolling through. What, what is something that catches my attention, okay? So the first thing that you have to realize is that mom's not looking for you. She's just looking for something to catch her attention. So the first thing that you have to get mom to do is stop her scroll, okay? You got to get her to go, whoa, what was that? What the, that looked interesting, right? So you have to introduce something that gets her to stop her scroll. That means that your creative, meaning the image that you use within Facebook is vital. It's got to get her to, it's got to arrest her attention and get her to pause and and, and go, whoa, what was that? Okay, so you got to get them to stop. You got to get her to engage. You got to realize that once she stops, um, that it's for her. So, you know, you don't want to do just something totally bizarre to get her to stop her scroll. It's got to be something relevant to her, to her business, to the, your target market, which your target market needs to be broken out into two separate pieces. Mom pays the bill, but filters everything through her kids. Okay, so your, your ad needs to be kid-based. So, 
Um, even though mom's your target, your ad needs to be kid-based speaking to the mom. And so you want to make sure that you're getting her to stop or scroll, realizing that it's about kids uh, kids activities once she stops her scroll and she self-identifies with kids because she's a mom so she realizes that oh these are for for kids but then you need to go another layer and she needs to realize that this is for kids in her area so you have to talk to moms in terms of what people in your area would talk about right so using using language around your specific town or city or or something that's going on in your neighborhood but they have to understand that not only is this get me to stop, but it arrests it arrests my attention, but that it it then I recognize, oh, this is for kids. And oh, this is for kids in my neighborhood. So it's kind of di- layers of pieces. Once you make that stop, once they stop, they engage, they you re- they realize it's for kids in their area. Now you can have a conversation about why you. But unless you get stopped and realize that this is about kids. You can't have that conversation yet. So you have to um, you have to create this process by entering the conversation going on in mom's mind. And mom's mind isn't about you when she's in Facebook. So that's why we kind of have to build this in tears. Next thing is we need to create an offer that is going to be something that she just can't refuse because she's totally cold. She doesn't have any trust. She has no intent. She wasn't looking for you. So you have to create this opportunity for them to interact and make it attractive. Make it something that she, I'm going to make an offer she can't refuse, right? You got to make it something that, I'm sorry, bad, bad movie quote. Uh, You got to make it something that she has to be a part of, that she is compelled to get her kids involved in. And so this is where some of that testing comes in. You know, what's the offer? What's the event? What's the experience? What's the cost? What's the lack of cost? What is going to be the right combination to get mom to not just stop and engage and read, but then take action and sign up, right? And then once mom signs up in this cold environment, you need to have a process of what happens next. Now, that's going to be an entire another video. In fact, I did a video on... Uh, on this a little bit. Uh, we were talking about trials and free trials and specifically what to do um, with the free trial. But this piece is what to do from the time that they sign up, okay, to they've scheduled the trial with you or whatever the experience is or whatever their deliverable is, the offer is that they're taking advantage of. You need to have a process in place to reach mom. And with cold traffic, this isn't just a matter of leaving a voicemail with mom or sending a quick email to mom and expecting that she's going to re- to respond. Again, cold traffic, the temperature here is not intent and it's not trust-based and it's going to take more energy. You're going to have to put more effort into this. It's going to take five to 12 attempts to get mom to respond to you. Yes, really. But once she does, she's going to be enthusiastic and happy to participate. But this isn't the same as just returning a voicemail of somebody that said, hey, I'm interested in coming and taking classes with you guys. Give me a call back. Here's my number. And you call them back. They're showing that intent. In this case, they're not. And so you need to create a process, an email, a phone call, a text message, multiple times, different times of day. Track it all. 
When did we make the last one? When are we making the next, right? Create a system around it, create a process around this. Once they sign up, how do we actually get them through the doors? And it's gonna take multiple attempts. Okay, so the three best traffic sources, the three best ways to drive new student enrollments for your business. Email marketing, please just get on this. Like really, you're not doing email marketing on a regular basis in a pre-thought out fashion to your inactives and your actives. This is basic. This is this is running a business in, you know, we're 2019, we're almost 2020 here. This is running a business in today, right? Staying in touch with your databases. Uh, and so you need to be doing that on an ongoing basis. Watch my uh, email marketing one that I did a few episodes back for, for more details. But please start doing email. You're enough, okay. I, I'm gonna irritate myself that you guys aren't doing it. Uh, second, Google AdWords. This is a great place to put money. You can be very specific with how much money you can spend each day, how much money you want, what you're willing to pay per click, so on and so forth. And uh, this allows you to get a message in front of somebody that's actively looking for your activity, okay? Uh, and so you need to track it so that you know how much you can spend, but Google AdWords is a fantastic source of getting the message out there to somebody that is showing they have interest in coming to your activity. And then third, Facebook ads. This is your primary cold route, uh, cold traffic route. This is where you're going to get, this is where the largest audience is. As you can imagine, there's more moms on Facebook not looking for you than there are moms on Google searching for your activity, right? And so this is going to be your largest audience, but it's also going to be where most of your work comes in. Uh, and so you're gonna need to create systems and processes around that. But Facebook ads by far is going to be your largest volume of new business, okay? So those are the three best traffic methods, the three best marketing methods that I know of to drive new student business to your brand. Hopefully you found some value today. We're gonna go deeper in this as we go forward in this journey of this Student River podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. I thank you for your time. Hopefully you found some value here and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks guys. 